come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your polter guide, Matt. And this week we watched the 2022 uh, MCU film Mar- Marvel's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I guess let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, since it was a new movie, did you see it twice? Just let's let's go. I did see it twice um, and and I enjoyed it. Um, I have been a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch and his inability to say the word sorcerer in an, in an American accident for a while now. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I only saw it the one time and this was probably opening weekend. So it's uh, been a little dimmed in my memory. Uh, It's, it is a fine film. Uh, It is, uh, it, it definitely has a lot of the, albatrosses around it that where it feels like it's setting up a lot of larger things for the Marvel universe that I think weighed down movies like Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron but if you judge it up against those movies I think it's certainly better is it the greatest Sam Raimi movie ever certainly not is it better than Doctor Strange 1 probably not but it's it's fine and it's impossible to fully recommend the movie when we live in the same universe as everything everywhere all at once if you have seen it or not seen it 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 is trucking in a lot of the same thematic material and plot elements and absolutely crushes this movie just takes it out back beats it up and takes its lunch money it it, it's unfortunate that dr strange had to have a, a a armageddon deep impact comparison movie like this that is pointedly superior but that's that's what it's up against all right uh i actually did see it uh, a second time i i liked it the first time i saw it opening weekend saw it again for this it's it's fun uh, it's it's sam raimi getting getting a lot of money to have a lot of fun being sam raimi and i'm always yeah. here for that i'm never yeah. i'm never mad at that at all and yeah i i I do agree with both your points about both films on how he says sorcerer to uh, I haven't seen everything all at once yet. It's on my to watch list and it's been on my radar. So that's good to know that it's, it's unbelievable. Good. Probably the, if it's not the best movie of the year in my book, then we're in for a very great year of movies. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I had fun with this. Uh, I will we'll get into why I had fun with this as well as all of us. And yeah, it's it's a good time. <laughs> I'm not mad seeing it twice. Now, for those of you that don't know what this is about or you're not kind of an MCU fan, that's fine. Um, but to kind of catch you up, Doctor Strange teams up with and I'm sorry, this is from no, our good good. No, I nope. do not care what IMDB says. And that's this- correct. <laughs> This is Sam Raimi sneaking in to Marvel to take their millions and millions and millions of dollars to remake Evil Dead again. I don't know if we were watching the same movie. What it's really about is the best crack yet at a Fantastic Four movie ends on kind of a down note. Uh, for the listening audience, Donna about spit out her coffee with that take, and it was fantastic. <laughs> my, my sinuses are now full of coffee because, actually, I did, what was that dude's name? The one, the one the, with the tuning fork on his head. Oh, oh black, black bolt? bolt. Yeah, yeah. I actually just did a really good black bolt imitation. <laughs> I did a really good imitation of black bolt's death. Spoiler. Oh yes, we're we're we'll be in super spoiler territory. Even now. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb is going to disagree with both of you, but what they say is Dr. Strange teams up with a mysterious teenage girl from his dreams who can travel across the multiverse to battle multiple threats, including other universe versions of himself, which threaten to wipe out millions across the multiverse. They seek help from Wanda the Scarlet Witch, Wong, and others. I don't 
think who wrote this watched the movie. I think they saw the trailer. They watched half the trailer and and thought they they could finish it up. But I mean, these are the people that uh, can't tell the difference between Keira Knightley and Natalie Portman. So yeah, it's like I'm watching. I was like, wait, this is also what happens when I don't like proofread, so that you know you get my (laughs) my wait, what your your sight read? Yeah, (laughs) it's like they said what? What did they mean by that? I think Donna and I's descriptions of this movie are far more uh, uh, accurate and indicative of someone who may have actually seen the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. So, uh, yeah, we're super into spoiler territory already. Just uh, if you haven't seen it yet, just pause us, come back to us. We'll understand. All right. So let's uh, let's get into it. This is such a Raimi movie, by the way. Um, I didn't really notice it on the first watching because I was really just kind of experiencing it. But on the second watch, I was like, wow, Raimi is all over this movie. There's like, of course, there's the old Delta 88 floating in a destroyed universe. I mean, it's like, hello, here's my car. Um, there's, There's several shots that are just like, hi, I'm Sam Raimi and I made this film. And I mean, I love Sam Raimi. And then there's Bruce Campbell beating himself up. And that's the point. I was like, oh, shit, this is this is Evil Dead. That's what this film is. This is the Evil Dead. I just thought it was Doctor Strange. But no, it's the Evil Dead because there's Bruce Campbell beating himself up. Well, just the opening camera angles when the movie starts, it's so like Evil Dead. Just mm-hmm. just that. That that camera angles that, that Raimi is known for the the the, the swirly extreme close up the yeah yeah which I did for the, uh, my fellow podcasters but you the podcast listener will not see it was very good though and then the beholder fight like how those tentacles were moving around that's like Doc Ock's tentacles from from Spider Man yeah. two like yeah no Donna I agree his fingerprints I mean as it should be like they are I mean, sure all over this and the counterpoint i'd say to that like yeah it's all there where it's clearly a sam raimi movie but i almost felt a little disappointed by it because it felt such a calculated amount of sam raimi like somebody at marvel said let's make this a sam raimi movie who do we hire to do that well let's hire sam raimi okay sam raimi i need you to bring this amount of sam raiminess to our sam raimi movie here is 10 million dollars okay here is the appropriate level of Sam Raiminess that is $10 million. It's exactly $10 million worth of Sam Raiminess, not one penny less or more. There you go. And, and just parenthetically, Christine looking annoyed as Dr. Strange fought a beholder in the middle of her wedding. Like, generally speaking, I like Christine. I mean, you're supposed to like Christine. Christine is yeah. supposed to be wonderful. But her being annoyed, like... That beholder didn't attack because of Stephen Strange. That beholder attacked because of America Chavez. Fuck off, Christine. <laughs> it is not Stephen Strange's fault. Okay, there. That's my one my one there. bitch about Christine, that she was annoyed that Stephen Strange was fighting a beholder during her wedding. I think Christine also has a bit of Elizabeth Shue in Back to the Future sequel syndrome, where she has to be in the movie, but they don't quite know what to do with her. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I mean, there's that, but then there's Stuhlbarg who shows up simply because his Doctor Strange 1 contract insisted that he was going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Well, that answers that question because I'm like, when that scene happens, I'm racking my brain. Who is this guy? Why Why are we focused on him? Like, yeah. he is the, I had to look him up, so... Before anyone thinks, wow, cool, she remembers this, I had to look him up. He is a rival of Doctor Strange's, and when Doctor Strange got into the car wreck, he's the guy who saved Doctor Strange's life, but did not save his hands. Could not save his hands, because he was not skilled enough. Did not, could not. These are, yeah, semantic points. The hands were still fucked up at the end of the day. (laughs) So that's who he is. Yeah, he has a fairly meaty supporting role in the first movie. Yeah. But yeah, I had to look him up. I didn't just go, oh, that's Dr. West. He's the guy who did not save Stephen's hands. Yeah. So America, I really liked her. She was, she was, she was yeah. feisty. I really liked her a lot. 
she was fun. She was just, and like I said, I didn't know, I didn't know her character of her character, any of that, but I, she was just, just fun. Like, nope, I've done this a lot. This is, you know, and just the scene of her strange and Wong as she's eating and her trying to catch them all up with like, just was just great. Just yeah. everything you needed to know about her, you got in that scene. And, which I think is telling that the, some of the best scenes in Sam Raimi superhero movies are when two people are eating a meal, two or more people are eating a meal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or in a diner of some type. Yep. And I just, I, this is going to sound much more dismissive than I mean it to. I'm, but I'm really, I'm being dismissive of Hollywood's culture of beautiful thin people and not dismissive of Benedict Wong, but I love that Benedict Wong has developed into somebody who has such big meaty roles in Marvel that somebody who, who looks like him, not a conventionally attractive human being has developed into somebody with such big meaty roles. And I just love that because he's adorable and I love him. And he's, he's become this person with such a significant presence in the Marvel movies. And it just makes me happy. So there, I just wanted to say that just a Agreed. little side tangent. Yeah. 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 Um, anytime, anytime Wong's on screen, it's a good time. Exactly. I have no exactly. complaints about the movie at those moments. Well, he, he's always the voice of reason, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, don't do this. Don't, you know? Yeah. I just, he's the voice of reason, but he's not a dick about it. Like don't do the stupid thing. Yeah. Steven. Right. He, he's, the, he's the sensible movie character that shouldn't exist because if people listen to him, there would be no movies. Right. Exactly. He, he's a walking, talking beyond the cabin in the woods rule. <laughs> he is. He's like, hey, don't do that. Oh, you did it. Well, now, ah, shit, we're in it again. <laughs> now, now we have a movie. <laughs> we have to have a movie now. <laughs> <laughs> we could have gone along in our life without a movie, but now we have to have a movie. All right, so shall we address the elephant in the room that is Wanda? I think there are a couple of elephants in the room. The Illuminati is going to be one we'll have to come back to. But oh, yes, Wanda yeah. is, 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 is a significant elephant. So when trailers for this started happening, I, somebody created this meme, which I think is fantastic. And, I'm, uh, and it sums up my feelings about Wanda. But it's when she's what we now know as dreamwalking. And it says, I support women's rights and I support women's wrongs. And I'm like, yeah. And that's just this is like, that's kind of how I feel about Wanda. It's true. <laughs> but I mean, she has some searing, just like cut you to the bone quotes directed at Steven. And I think are so just perfect. Like, and I mean, they, and these are some that, you know, we had talked about doing for our quote at the end, just, you know. Yeah. For instance, yeah, you break the rules and become the hero. I do it and I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. Like that right there, just like. She is in that grand tradition of villains with a point in in film. She has a point and she really only becomes problematic when she kills ancillary characters. Yeah. Up until that point, I'm like, nah, I, I think we need to let her have this one. And then I'm like. Uh, well, you know, we just got to know Krasinski. You can't you can't string cheese him that quickly. I mean, I granted we're going to get him in some other universe, but I, I, we're going to have we're, we're going to have to ask you to stop. I, 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 I don't want to tell you what to do, but I, I have to urge you not to do what you're doing. Well, and that's for me, that's always what got me with WandaVision, which leading up to this was that you understood her motivations like you got them like they're like yeah what wouldn't i do for this like um so i i think i knew just enough about her in the comics and so when they introduced her in age of ultron and then subsequently i thought she was very underused because of her power level and so actually getting to see just i'd say starting with endgame what that power level is and just building i i chef's kiss so 818 Wanda, the uh, sort of the eventual MacGuffin of the whole story, mm. 
Is she Magneto's daughter? I, you have to assume so because of how Xavier looks. Because this is X-Men cartoon, yellow yeah. Xavier's, you know, in his hover chair. So I would, yeah, I would think this is, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Pietro certainly seemed to be mutant Pietro. True, true. So, yeah, I would I would say, yeah, this is, you could make the jump, the 818, with this is probably the Marvel Universe a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. I know, oh, was it six, 616 is the one that's like, that's... Our main know, universe. The yeah. main universe, but I would Tom say... Tom Holland is Spider-Man universe. Yeah, but I would say this one would be the one that, you know, people that read comics, watch the cartoons. I would say that is this one. To a certain degree, except that, you know, red means go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the red yeah. means go is kind of... It's kind of Which I think would have been the far better tag scene than Charlize Theron. Uh, you you cut to the street, you see a set of legs walking along, and then you get to uh, a crosswalk. Uh, the light turns red, and these three, fi- two or three figures start to move out, and then traffic goes like ah honk honk honk, and then you cut up to them, and it's the X Men, and they're like, "Where are we?" Boom. Like, cause I, when you, when they, when uh, Patrick Stewart's voice was in one of the trailers for this, I'm like, okay, that's how they bring the X-Men into the MCU. Cause you can't do the X-Men without all the history. So they're going to have to multiverse them into the main flow somehow. And this was it, but they didn't pull the trigger on it. Well, that was the big rumor was that this was going to be how they did it, how they got their, right. this movie was going to be how you got your first mutant into the MCU. Like that was the big like everywhere was that was well they did yeah and it may still i mean they just didn't connect the thread completely in this movie and i gotta tell you though those pizza balls yeah right they just how you need you need some of those like little silicone claws because those do not look fun to eat well i take it back they look super fun to eat yeah i was like messy you need, yes. you need those little finger claws. And thank God our pizza in this universe is not messy at all. <laughs> all right, Mr. Sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> so since we are talking about Wanda, man, that fight at Comitage where wow. when she comes out of the gong, like that yeah. is like some J-horror ring shit. Right there you there. go. There like, you go. Like to me, when they lean into the horror, that's where this movie really shines. And it's usually with Wanda that they do. Mm. Um, you know, when she's, like I said, when she sees all the, she cracks the mirrors and then comes out that way. Like, and that's another Raimi beat. We had, I'm sorry to interrupt. We had a conversation pre-recording about when this film definitely moved into horror and to me, that was the, oh, nope, this is defo a horror film, was that right there. There was there was some horror beats before there, but when she crawled out of that gong the and then did that weird kind of oh, twisty, yeah, thing. Yeah. twisty thing, that was like, oh, we have just crawled into horror for sure. I apologize for interrupting. Oh no, no, but I think you're right though. On when it that when it does become a horror film, is that beat? I, I always my feeling was that it, it doesn't become a horror movie then, but it dips its toe in flirting with becoming a horror movie then. But then you know normalizes back to a, a superhero film, and I think that may be part of my ambivalence about the movie is that it tries to be so many things Sam Raimi movie a big Marvel movie uh, uh, the multiverse movie and it just ever so slightly skims the surface of all of those things and never quite becomes one thing fully hmm. I can be disagreed with Donna's face is very <laughs> disagreement yes. so what I find interesting is that uh, the original writer of the first Doctor Strange and director Scott Derrickson once they announced it he said, no, it's going to be a horror film. It's right. going to be in him and his writer. You know, they were, they were very much on board. Like, yes, we're going to do, I mean, they did, he did Sinister. He did this Dr. Strange and he's doing black phone. And basically he, 
by him stepping away from the, from Doctor Strange 2 is why we have black, why he was able to do black phone, which I'm very excited about. But so I think it's interesting that they knew pretty early on that this was going to be a horror film. And I think if he had stuck with it, I think you I don't think you're you wouldn't feel as it's dipping I, the toe. I, I, think I agree. It, like, I yeah. think if it was still Ben Derrickson, I think it would have been wholly. Right. And I remember uh, Cumberbatch in one interview saying, like, really, the only thing about this movie that didn't change from the beginning conception of it was the title. So you feel like Derrickson had a very singular idea of what this movie would be. And then creative differences, you know, Edgar Wright on Ant-Man, please vacate the premises sort of a situation. And then Sam Raimi's brought in to deliver a specific kind of product. And that's where I'm like, yeah, this is all good. This all it's, it's a pizza ball. It all tastes good, but it's it's just it's checking off a lot of boxes. Yeah, I think it's just the execution would have definitely been uh, from being familiar with Sinister <laughs> right, <laughs> would be a, a little bit different and a lot more terrifying. Yeah, no, I agree. A hundred percent, I think. And I, and I kind of mourn that movie. Like when I heard Sam Raimi's going to direct, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be, this is going to be amazing. And then it's, it's pretty good. But then I'm thinking, oh, Derrickson's version. I think Derrickson would have had something to prove. Like a Marvel movie can be more than just a Marvel movie. And he would have compel or high water made it happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, he he's got the the skills. He is one that I forget his name, which I, I hate that I do. But because of Sinister, he's on my radar. Like Billy has to remind me. It's like, no, he did Sinister. I'm like, oh, he did. You know, but I enjoy his work. So I want to mention one of the horror beats that that really got me. If I could have figured out a way that this could have been a quote, I would have argued vehemently for it. As a quote, but the first time Wanda dreamwalks and she takes over the first time, let me, let me say Scarlet Witch so we don't get confusion in who we're talking about. The first time the Scarlet Witch dreamwalks and she takes over Wanda in another universe, there's a struggle and then you see the red light in the alternate universes, um, Wanda and when the struggle is over, the red light fades and Wanda does a take directly to the camera. And that was a horror beat that really um, both times I saw it. And the second time when I was expecting it made me actually flinch in my seat. And it was a really nice kind of subtle. Is subtle the word I'm looking for? Quiet. It was it was a quiet but very effective horror beat. A visual way of doing yeah. it, not a dialogue way. Yeah. yeah. And um, but it was it was it was a it was an effective horror beat. And um, I really liked it. And I wish I could have found a way to make that BR quote for the episode, because um, I really enjoyed that that moment. See, and I, that kind of brings me you talking about that moment. And this also kind of ties back into here's my X amount of, of, of horror that I'm going to bring to the movie. Like there's a lot of tropes that this film like pulls from. And you can, if you're looking for them, you can spot them like that, like that's a possession trope. Like what we saw there with that change possession trope, you know, the, the fight with the beholder creature feature already overall, you've got cosmic horror. Uh, then the stuff in the house when Scarlet Witch is waiting to possess Wanda. That's a ghost story, haunted house stuff. And then you're getting into the attack on the Illuminati. I mean, that's getting slasher, zombie, and Carrie-ified. And even, I mean, it's also Evil Dead. You see beats of Evil Dead as well. Uh, we already mentioned, I mentioned the J-horror with her coming out of the gong, like looking like the ring. Like, I do think that is... That is interesting. Like, just well, I got another one for you. Oh, you got another one for me? I do. All right. Because um, I don't know if it was so much Kubrick's shining, it reminded me of. But as Wanda was making her way more and more through the uh, facility there, and she was becoming more and more and more injured, she was reminding me of Jack from The Shining, becoming more and more the monster and less and less jack the, no, that's there was, a good one that's... there was one specific scene where she was really hunched over and limping 
And I was like, that doesn't even look like Wanda anymore. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's Jack from The Shining. So there's another one for you. No, that's a good one. And I didn't even you mm-hmm. know, now that you're saying that, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that kind of ties in to that as well. Here's the horror that I'm going to give you. Uh, but I think it pays off. Like, I think it I think it works just and I think it works because of Elizabeth Olsen. And side note, I love that she does not let reporters shit on making superhero movies like she gets spicy about it and she stops them. And I as talented as she is, like, I love that she does that. Like that just that makes my heart happy. But she also has perspective on it, too. She's not saying, oh, these movies are high art. They're just they're also movies like, yeah, there's room for character driven in the indie movies and big budget extravaganzas. Absolutely. For sure. The bit where she says, you know, I drilled a hole through the head of the man I love and it was for nothing. That's a very emotional line. You know, that that's a well delivered very emotional line and anyone who wants to shit on that can just fuck right off you hear that francis ford coppola we're calling you out and marty scorsese we're calling on ridley scott we're calling all of you out all you bastards who haven't made a good movie in 15 or 20 years come at us that's unfair scorsese's made some some absolute jammers in the last couple years and ridley scott has to he made an alien movie like what five years ago? I can't know. Uh, mean, no, mainly Francis Ford Coppola. Okay, go, well, that's, that's go, fine. Can go just be not so good anymore. So yeah, uh, go yeah, go make Godfather Four because the third one worked out so hot. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, could you cut that and and into a ringtone length, please, for me? Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it all right so let's talk about the other elephant in the room the illuminati yeah uh they kept some secrets uh disney oddly enough getting good at distracting us with revealing certain secrets and keeping other secrets well hidden until premiere time and obi-wan kenobi i think is also another symptom uh, uh, or another example of that which we won't get into details about because donna hasn't watched the premiere yet but uh, like one of the trailers definitely flipped over the card that Xavier is going to be in the movie, uh, having notably died a couple of times in films before. And I think by them revealing him, it threw everybody off of who else is on the Illuminati. Right. Because then everyone is like, oh, well, this is where and we kind of talked about this. We're going to get X-Men. X-Men is going to be. And I think that was just beautifully done. And when when. Ray Richards shows up. I, I think in the theater, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was my big oh, shit. My, like, oh, they really went for it. Not only did they go for it, they went for it. Like, oh, by the way, this is a trailer for a movie you didn't know that we were 100% making quite yet. I think that phrase right there, I think that happened also in our theater. Like, everyone was like, oh, shit, what's that? And it was yeah, it was great. And even, even the Captain Carter reveal was fantastic because I remember when what if was on last summer, there was a lot of people that was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. And by the time it got to the Dr. Strange episode, something in my brain was like, you know what, you guys that aren't going to watch it, you you might need to watch it. Cause I figured that's going to tie into some things. And I, so, yeah. Um, It it, it means that this, (laughs) so this premiered the same week that uh, Star Trek Picard season two finale aired and Strange New Worlds season one uh, series premiere aired. So the movie featured both Anson Mount, who played Black Bolt and Patrick Stewart, the leads of both Star Trek series in uh, the big movie of the weekend. And I like that he uh, Anson Mountain was like, okay, I can now talk about this. Like mm-hmm. the TV yeah. show wasn't great, but they did write, they did great casting of him because he's fantastic. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, just, so let's talk about the Illuminati's deaths, shall we? Because <laughs> I think they need to be talked about. So yeah, Reed Richards becoming string cheese. That's body horror. If I've, that's body horror. So much. Becoming string cheese, but not quite dying yet. Yes. Yeah. 
so yeah, I'm still going to stay with my body horror. That's body. No, no, horror. I, I'm with you because the body horror is oh god, I'm changing and yeah. death is approaching. But I haven't died yet. Please let me die. Yeah. <laughs> and then I audibly gasp at Black Bolt's death. Like that one. Same. Like I was not expecting that. That just that caught me off guard. Like. Because I'm like, okay, well, how are you going to take out Black Bolt? And then it happens. And I was like, very shocked. Uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Carter got off easy out of that group. I'm not convinced Captain Marvel is actually dead. Okay. Incapacitated. I will give you incapacitated. Incapacitated. She, that was compared to the Captain Marvel. But I will give her incapacitated long enough for the rest of the thing to play out. Yeah. Which that and that does track. Captain Carter completely cut in half. That is, you are not coming back from that. Darth Maul would like to have a word, but continue. Well, then you get the whole chicken legs deal, <laughs> yeah. and you live in the sewers for a little bit, and you go crazy. I don't want you, that for Peggy. I don't want that for Peggy. What if Peggy wants that for Peggy? Let Peggy, Peggy. All right, fine. I'll let Peggy, <laughs> Peggy. Sheesh. <laughs> She wants chicken legs. Let her have them. Fine. Jeez. (laughs) So I do have a question for you. Speaking of Xavier's death, do you, do you both think that she just snapped his neck? What else would there be is my question. Donna, I I have an answer for you, but I'm going to, she killed, she killed him in, she killed him in, in her mind. Right. Right. But when she killed him in his mind, do you think it was just she just snapped his neck? That's my. Uh, no, I don't think she killed him physically. I think she killed him mentally and therefore he died physically. OK, so you're not wrong because we know that is what happened. But so somebody on the Internet, because the Internet slowed down the scene. Wanda doesn't snap his neck in that scene. Wanda takes his jaw one way and the top of his head another way and basically rips his face in half. It's horrifying and it definitely, oh man. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. okay. I misunderstood what you were asking okay. me. Yes, yeah. I thought she snapped his neck. Okay. No. But yeah, somebody slowed it down on that scene. His jaw, she takes his jaw left, the top of his head right, and it is horrifying. And I'm here for it. It's the other version of string cheesing someone. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're string cheesing and then they're string cheesing. My friend uh, Shane in this horror chat that I'm in, he uh, he's after he knew I watched it, he's like, okay, I got to send this just to you <laughs> that he had found because somebody had slowed it down. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrified. Um, so I also realized with this film, not that either of you will be surprised by this, Uh, that our friend group knows not to ask me these questions of like, is this scary? Should I take my child to this? (laughs) Where they will ask (laughs) Billy. (laughs) And I'm fine with that because, you know, he like, he's had several conversations like, well, it is with different people that we know. I'm like, and I'm sitting here going, oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Uh, That's probably a good idea. Yeah. You gave a good answer. Cause I'd be like, no, it's fine. Just take the kids. It'll be great. So, yeah, I've, I've realized that. And I'm always reminded, like, when something like this comes out, like, I'm not the one to ask. I am not, because uh, I will tell you, it is fine. Yeah. You survived worse. I, ha- I have, you know. Yeah. So you, like, not, you survived worse. You internalized worse. <laughs> you, you made worse your own and pillars of your person. There you go. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not your gal to ask that. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> it's like when I ask people if something is spicy, I have to be very careful who I ask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> my niece was over at my house and she, she's fascinated with my pop Funkos and, and, but she's also fascinated with monsters right now. So it's, it, it and she pulled out Pennywise. And, and she's like, it's a clown. I'm like, well, it's also a monster. And she was like, a monster can't be a clown. And I'm like, not yet. Not yet. You're only three. We got to wait another couple of years and, and then you will know. Five. We'll do five. Five. Yeah, that's where I learned about Pennywise when I was five. I can't in good conscience do it any late or any earlier than that for another child. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, so I did appreciate the zombie strange fight and I didn't know I needed that or that cloak of nightmares of the souls of the damned. Like I didn't know I needed that in my life. Who said anything about living? <laughs> like, I just... it, it was it, it was such basic screenplay stuff. Like early on, he buries the body of the dead strange, and it, like that is to the movie's credit that I didn't like. I I had forgotten about the buried strange up until that point. And mm-hmm. see, usually I'm hyper in like the first act. I'm like, oh, they're setting that up. They're setting that up. They're setting things up. Screenplays are only written in one way. So you miss Chekhov's zombie is what you're saying? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, I did. So good on you, Doctor Strange. But yeah, when Zombie Strange hand comes up, I'm like, Army of Darkness. Like, mm-hmm. that is like, this yeah. is just one of those, like, yep. And yeah, the cloak of uh, the souls of the damned was nightmare fuel. That, I don't know, man. I thought that was pretty awesome. I thought that was amazing. No, it looked fantastic, but I know there's people out there that is that is going to give them nightmares like no don't give no kinsey thinks that looked great and I, i'm definitely had your reaction mm-hmm. but this is one of the few times that i'm like this is going to give someone nightmares because this is kind of nightmare fuel <laughs> what, what i just because one well actually maybe i shouldn't assume that was benedict cumberbatch in that zombie suit maybe i shouldn't assume that but I did assume it the, the way that he was, you know, kind of twisting and turning and reaching and grabbing and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the souls and the way they started trying to run away from him, like, Oh shit, no, this isn't going our way. <laughs> just the whole thing was just awesome. And then they finally coalesced around. Oh, it was amazing. And then he flew, you know, when he when he got to the top of that mountain and you just almost saw that zombie face go, oh, I'm fucked. Um, and then he just flew over that. And, um, you know, another because, God, I love Wong. I love him so much. The, the way he didn't waste any time judging Stephen, like this is not the time that like we can worry about this shit later. <laughs> I don't have time for judging you right now. I, I really appreciated that. Um, Wong's like, we, we, we will unpack this later. We- <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not the time. This is a crisis situation. We need to be solution oriented, but we're talking about this later. <laughs> it remi- I've got this whole long, complicated story that I'm not going to tell right now about my honeymoon, where I had a conversation with my newlywed husband that boiled down to, you can get mad at me later, but right now I just need you to get here. Okay, and then after you get here, then you can be mad at me. Okay, and I kind of felt like that was the Wong moment. Um, so yeah, I was very proud of Wong for not wasting any time going, "Oh my God, what have you done?" Um, and yeah, it was just <sighs> okay. So <laughs> we 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 didn't choose this as our discussion point. So I'm just going to throw out there. What do you think makes our quote air quotes Stephen different? Because that was a point that was brought up several times. What does make our Stephen different? I don't think we have enough information to answer that question, but what makes our Stephen different from all the other Stevens? I think it's his willingness to learn from his mistakes and adapt, like letting go Christine when not holding on to that and, and actually being confronted by mistakes that don't work, like zombie strange trying to take America's powers. I think that is, it's his adaptability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he's still arrogant. He still knows he's the smartest man in the room. Uh, even though he isn't sorcerer Supreme in the title, he still knows he's, he's the shit basically, but he knows when he needs to adapt. Like he didn't get mad at Christine when she said, no, you always have to be in control. He knows she's right. And he doesn't he doesn't take criticisms personally. I think I think he just figures out how how to adapt. That's mine. I I agree, I think. But where does that come from? I think it's his experience in Infinity War when he goes through all the different permutations (gasps) of the solution. And so he has a wide angle lens not only on the universe itself but on him as a person and and the responses to that and that gives him 
maybe not humility, but something approaching humility to where he can understand that he is capable of making mistakes. So he is perhaps almost less sure of himself or just maybe more circumspect in taking action. He understands consequences better than the other strangers do. You know what? I think Mac, I think Mac just nailed it because as part of that, going through all those options, he saw that the only way to win was for him to give up the time stone, which was the absolute thing he could not do. That was the one thing that he could not do was to give up the time stone. And he did it, which was an absolute failure for him. And speaking as a doctor, failure is never an option. So um, he had to fail in order to win. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it also is the the Picard quote that I know Mac loves, Debbie loves, about you can do everything right and still still fail. And mm-hmm. I think he and I think you're right. I think Mac he learned that with looking at the different outcomes, mm-hmm. and he knew they needed to fail at this point. And I think it's pretty clear that the other strangers didn't go through that specific experience. I mean, certainly the 818 strange didn't because the Thanos conundrum plays out in a very distinctly different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that question didn't have an answer and <laughs> it, okay. Silly you me. Have to, yeah. you, you have to watch two or three other different movies to get there in the confines of this movie. I think there's not a, a clear cut answer, but, but we okay. it work. Um, do we have anything else? before we, we jump into our, our own in-game. I think everything else I have is is in-game. There, there, I have one other note. It's odd that there are, aside from the Sinister Universe, there are no scenes in the uh, Sanctum Sanctorum in this movie. Yeah. Which it feels very strange for a Doctor Strange story of any kind. Wasn't the, uh, the Mordo scene in the Sanctum Sanctorum? I don't believe it. Well, it, it might have been right outside it, but like the the main Sanctum oh, Sanctorum six one six is Doctor yeah. Strange's base of operations. Oh, uh, right, 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 yeah. right. It's almost like if the example. If we keep coming back to Star Trek examples. Uh, Star Trek Four, like there's almost no scenes on the bridge of the Enterprise in that movie, and it's it's, it's an out and about kind of story. True. All right. True. Well, so we've kind of told you as the episodes gone along you know different ideas that we've had for quotes uh another one we kind of played with was just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean they're lost forever the xavier quote um i also really wanted to push because i love bruce campbell and it's always a delight to see him uh pizza pop always gets paid but Mm -hmm. mac has our actual quote uh yes and it's not it's over which is the the other Bruce Campbell quote it's uh this time it's going to take more than killing me to kill me <laughs> which just that uh that feels right with this film uh i have a rule which this is another one that we kind of tossed around a bunch of different things uh not going to lie, I really did like Mac's suggestion of which was don't fuck with Wanda Maximoff, but we kind of talked about why not to fuck with her. <laughs> um, but the rule yeah, is... sense of that rule, I would... Oh, sorry. My I one would, final defense of my rule suggestion is it is the one thing that would have saved all the characters, including Wanda Maximoff. True. You're not wrong. But we did go with read banned books, which is a good life co- rule. I co-sign on it fully. <laughs> As a member of the American Library Association, I endorse that motto fully. <laughs> Donna, you have our our poll question. I'm, I'm going to go really rogue really quick and throw out just a quick yes or no poll question that was undiscussed. Is Wanda dead? No. Is anyone dead? And no. Okay. Um, so the official poll... Do the ends justify the means? Stephen went into the dark hold in order to save America. Not America, but the character America. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so did the ends justify the means? Uh, the, the question of ends justifying the means is a ethically tricky one, obviously. 
I think in this situation, yes, because Strange is doing what he's doing for what he would perceive as the greater good at that moment. It's coming from some degree of altruism. Uh, whereas Wanda is engaging in similar activity to for for her own emotional needs and for a smaller greater good, like the, the good of her family. She's not even trying to restore vision or her children. She's just trying to snatch a version of her life where it is that they are doing the same thing. But I think Strange would prefer not to do it, whereas Wanda has opted to do it yeah i think I, I do agree with mac i think that is the difference between both of them in this film is that he is looking at the greater good where she is looking for personal good and i do think yeah i think him reading the dark hold i think it does justify the means because i don't think wanda would have stopped i because she kind of hints at it like hey if if one of them gets sick, then I got to travel to a different multiverse because the cure is there. Then you're getting all of these multiple universes closing in on themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because Wanda is is expressing the opinion that she's going to just kidnap these children. And let's let's be serious. That's what she's doing. She's she's framing it as I just want to be with my kids, but they're not her kids. They're somebody else's kids. And, and that's true. I take her at her word there because that is what I mean. It, it is a honest emotional need, but it is a it's a very inward facing thing. It is not looking at good for others. It is looking at good for herself. Right. So, yeah, she's she's going to kidnap somebody else's kids and murder their mother, I guess. Um, so it's not it's not just reuniting with her kids, but right. I don't believe she's going to stop because, as Kenzie mentioned, she's already ready to travel to other universes if if need comes. But so so she's planning evil acts just to get what she wants. Um, Stephen is doing this evil thing in order to stop Wanda from doing evil things. Um, what we don't see is him exploring any other options. By the time they were in the destroyed universe, I don't know how many other options there might have been to explore. Um, but we do see that it's the only way is a very triggering phrase for people who know Stephen. Uh, they're very uncomfortable whenever he says it's the only way. Um, so I don't know. Um, but in that moment, it certainly seemed to me there wasn't any other readily available way. And that girl was actively dying in that moment. So it certainly seemed to me that the end justified the means. And he certainly seemed ready to let it end as soon as possible. I would have liked to have seen him explore other methods. I just think in that moment, I didn't see any other options. So but I also think we don't have the full picture yet because, I mean, it's clear that the Darkhold has some hold on him still. What are the farther reaching consequences of this uh, at, at the end of the movie? Yes, the ends justify the means the Maximovs of 818 are safe. America is safe. And but what has he unlocked in himself? Mm -hmm. Has he unlocked a Thanos level disaster in himself, in which case maybe it didn't justify the means. Maybe the Darkhold is forbidden for a reason. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, mean, I think it is. But the reason will be an object lesson in some yes. future uh, example. Movie. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go first this week on my happy place, which it's pretty simple. Stranger Things is back and it is. We. It's right now, it's just a delight and it really is scratching my horror itch where some, you know, some of the other seasons, it's kind of horror-y. Like, no, this is like, it is scratching that itch and I'm, I'm here for it. So that is my happy place this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Robitussin DM, adult cough medicine, which has allowed me to survive this week. A totally civilized way to get absolutely wrecked. <laughs> I uh, I was very sick this week. 
I took a COVID test on Wednesday because I was so sick. It was negative. Uh, the nasal swab portion of that test was not my happy place. <laughs> Arg. Um, but it did come up negative. So that was, that was good. Um, but today um, is the first day I actually kind of feel like a human being again. Um, but let me just tell you, Robitussin DM maximum strength cough medicine is a joy and I'm very happy it exists in the world. Also Paul's relief cherry flavor cough tablets, the official cough drops of beyond the cabin in the woods (laughs) and Vicks inhaler, which I am aware is not actually medicine, but I like it. Uh, my happy place is everything everywhere all at once. It was a really great movie (laughs) (laughs) and everyone should go see it. It really was. It was, it was excellent. And I've never been a fan of everything bagels, but I've been jonesing for them ever since. I like everything bagels. They're good. They they are good. Everything bagels. The official bagel of beyond the cabin in the woods. (laughs) Well, you can definitely find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, as well as our website, beyondthecabininthewoods.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Callista77. Oh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in Goblin. I can be found at Party Apocalypse on Twitter. Uh the website partyapocalypse.com, which now is the proud host of Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Uh, along with other podcasts, The Holodeck is Broken, uh, Friendables, Two Friends, talking about Hannibal Lecter, and uh, shows that are of the past, including As the Myth Turns and uh, The Fourth Wall uh, in its entirety. So go to partyapocalypse.com, as I say on other podcasts, for all your entertainment needs. As always, thank you so much to our editor, Billy, for everything you do and making us sound great. We love you, Billy. Also, thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And don't read The Dark Hold. <laughs> read it anyway, you know, because don't yeah. read banned books. So read it. Don't read it. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what horror is?